What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 238 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Who gets preferential treatment over land use? Do the grazers, do the hunters, do the recreationists? Who gets preferential treatment? How do you divide it up? That is going to be today's topic. Such an interesting topic. One that's often highly contentious. In the area that I live in, there's always fights between uh, whether e-bikes can be on the trail, whether motorcyclists can be on a trail, whether we should allow horses on a trail, cross-country skiers, and that's just on the trails. Talk about land use. Um, we had a situation the other day where a WMA is has some grazing allotments that uh, they give out to for sheep, and the sheep herder was grazing. And he was bringing his sheep off the mountain, but the problem is it's right in the middle of the deer hunting season and it's on a WMA and people are upset the fact that uh, there was a sh people grazing sheep and ruining their hunt. And there's all these arguments and fights going on all the time. Some of the challenges that I've outlined when we're talking about competing for land use and I'm coming at this from the point of we have to remember that the land is there for wildlife. That's the direction that I'm coming in, but we're going to talk about recreation, grazing, and then management for big game and other habitat. So some of the challenges that we face when there's recreation, there's hunting, there's grazing, and these big game habitat areas that are so critical. There's competition for space. There's not a lot of it, or at least it feels like there's getting less and less as we develop. So when you start bringing a lot of people together, Utah over the last 15, 20 years has done such a good job at bringing a lot of people into the state, promoting business and different things. You've got a lot of different um, people coming in from different states, bringing different activities that were part of their state into this state and we're getting a whole lot of competition for different recreational activities and one way to put it is it can create a strain on public lands like i said we've got uh cross-country skiers arguing with snowmobilers we've got mountain bikers uh, arguing with dirt bikes we have hunters arguing with grazers and then we have the wildlife that's just kind of left out there. Some of the challenges that you have when you have all these different things going on across the landscape, uh, not only just from the, the bikers, the hikers, the hunters, the grazers, cross-country skiers, skiers, snowmobilers, ATVs, you also have different things that are now a part of the wilderness that we haven't seen before it's uh, we we have big races here in northern Utah, uh, hundred mile uh, races that are these ultras, but they're in these mountainous areas. So now you're starting to see a bunch of um, races come in, and competition for land use is being altered that way. When we start using all this space for all the various activities, some of the challenges you have is it creates a little bit of a habitat fragmentation. While I was on a hike, well, about a month ago, 
I got to the top of this ridge and I could hear this sound and I was, what in the world? And it sounded like some idiot high school kid just driving around in his Ford with the radio turned up loud as possible because it was so loud. And I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. As I started to head back to my truck, I realized that I was in the middle of the Bear Lake 100 race. And the noise that I could hear from the speakers was from the speakers in the parking lot a couple of miles away. And they were having a party at the check station. These people would come in, check their bands, turn around and take off running again. But it was so loud. So you have all these different things going on. It's cutting up the landscape and that presents problems because once you start fragmenting the landscape due to all these different activities, whether it's ATVs or big races going on, it starts to limit the amount that big game can move. Uh, they're, they're looking at all these different events as they are predators. They're unknown. These vehicles flying through, snowmobiles, whatever it is, it limits the way that wildlife move over the landscape. And it starts to reduce when they can move, especially uh, at these times when they are migrating in the spring or in the fall and they're moving to different areas, cutting off those corridors due to different land uses is challenging. Uh, when a sheep herder is moving his sheep off the range or cattle uh, are being driven out of the mountain areas, their mountain pastures, again, that's going to put a lot of pressure on these wildlife to hole up in these areas and reduce the amount that they can move. Another issue that you face with different land uses is erosion. Some of the practices, whether it's trails and motorcycles, overgrazing and riparian areas, there's a lot of damage that can be caused to the habitat. Um, I remember listening to a meeting not too long ago in which they were worried about an endangered plant in one of these uh, mountainous areas here in Utah, the LaSalle's, and it's only found on this one mountain range, and they were worried about this plant being lost forever, and they found that uh, an ultra uh, marathon had gone through this uh, on the trail, and one of their check stations was right in the area where they found this flower. They set up their check station. People ended up tromping the flower and they caused a lot of damage. And so uh, you have erosion, overgrazing, but also just the different land use practices that can cause environmental harm and damage to the habitat. Then you have human wildlife conflicts, uh, depending on where you are. We are having conflict with uh, elk and cattle and uh, elk and sheep. There was multiple times where I got called in where elk had gored uh, some sheep or some cattle. Uh, horses have even been gored before. And so that creates a problem when you are bringing animals close to wild animals and the conflicts they face. Then there's some resource limitations. And you're just a lot of these agencies don't necessarily have the funding to uh, monitor the impacts of all the different recreation and different things that are going on in these landscapes. And it's difficult for them. Uh, 
going back to the flower on the LaSalle's. Uh, they were fully aware of where that flower was, but they lacked the ability to go up and make sure that uh, this marathon, as it was going through, they didn't impact. They, again, it's just resource and time, and it makes it uh, some of these things very difficult and challenging. There are some solutions, and they're not great. You could have zoning or designated areas of use. We already do that a little bit. You have sheep or grazing allotments, sheep allotments, where uh, they can bring in their sheep or their cattle and they can graze. We also have different trails that uh, some are just for hiking and biking and horses and others allow motorcycles. So we're kind of doing that. Uh, and there's fights to open areas up for more ATVs, but there's also fights to... <laughs> shut some of these motor, motor vehicles down and some of these different things. Uh, another potential solution is if we're focused on wildlife, that you start creating wildlife corridors or conservation easements to allow wildlife to pass through these areas and mitigating the amount of pressure that's being put on them as they are moving through different areas. Uh, another one, uh, as I've talked to multiple habitat managers, is improved grazing practices, looking at different ways that you can uh, change up your grazing to help benefit not only the cattle and sheep, but the land as well as the wildlife. And there's different ways of doing that. I talked about earlier in other podcasts about changing up your rotation on your grazing, whether you are grazing once a year, but changing what if you bring the cattle or sheep in on uh, in April or May, uh, next year, bring them in June or July or August, and just changing up when you're grazing and how much rest you're getting. And then make sure uh, education is going on in regulation. I think if uh, they would have told the event planners on the LaSalle's that uh, there was a, a flower that was endemic to that area and it's uh, a threatened species, they probably would have been a little more careful. Again, you have limited resources making sure these things are being done, even if you do uh, educate and regulate these things. People uh, through ignorance or willful disobedience are still going to break some of these. And then making sure that you are planning. I think that's the biggest one, but it's often the hardest is communicating. Going to these meetings and sitting through and making sure each side is heard is often difficult. Uh, sometimes uh, people don't like to listen to your side and then Oftentimes, you don't like to listen to their side. Uh, and so it's just going and planning and making sure that there is room for everyone. Because there is plenty of room, but we also have to keep in mind what's, uh, what's important. And uh, one of the things that I'm focused on that pop people very rarely are when they're involved in some other type of recreation is wildlife uh, you see mountains and you just assume that they're going to be okay. But if you're running a big race right in the middle of the rut, uh, you could affect some of these things. Or are you going to push these animals out and put a lot of stress and pressure on them going into the winter? Are they going to have enough time to put on the fat they need based upon all the different events that are going on? That's often the difficult Thing. And I've seen it more so, I guess, since COVID. People, uh, I think, really got trapped at home during COVID. And you see a lot more people who are camping, 
uh, out recreating more. There's more e-bikes on the trail. There's more hiking that's going on. There's more ATVs on the road doing 90 with their 1000s and their turbos. There's just a lot more people in general uh, recreating, enjoying the wilderness and the beauty. But I think there needs to be some a little more education about why things are happening. That's just my perspective. As I talk to uh, different people, different groups as I'm out and about doing my work, oftentimes they'll complain about other people. Oh man, I've never seen this many uh, ATVs, but yet they themselves are on six ATVs in groups. And and uh, I think everybody thinks that some of these impacts apply to other people, when in reality, it's all of us that are creating some of these issues. Those are the challenges. So it's going to be, I think it's going to get worse. It's going to get harder. But balancing public lands and all the different uses is one of the most difficult things land managers have. Uh, WMAs, uh, wildlife management areas, uh, are so difficult. As you sit through some of these committees and these planning meetings and people talk about how they want to use the land, they are upset if they don't get their way. And they are upset when people uh, other than them get their way. There was a situation that I've seen firsthand where they've closed down some of the camping in some of the some of these areas that there's been camping there for 20 years, but due to habitat uh, degradation, riparian areas that are being destroyed, and just the overall general upkeep from campers, it's very expensive and difficult to maintain, especially when your uh, fences, your buck and rail fences are being cut down for firewood or being shot up. And it makes it very expensive. And people are upset that these camping areas are closing down. But the one thing I've noticed is the same period time period that these campsites are being closed down, more people are now able to access the river uh, than there ever has been because people are no longer taking up these areas. So a uh, truck can come in and fish for 20 minutes and then move on. And then you get another truck or a car that comes in, they fish for 20 minutes and then they move on. There is more access to the stream and rivers than there has been in the last 20 years that I can remember. Because oftentimes these campers will come in and during the week they'll just leave their trailer and then they come in on the weekends and people don't feel comfortable pulling up to the campsite, getting out and fishing while there's a camper there. So you have these campers being brought in the end of May and they are staying all the way through October and there's no access. So there's just this balance and there's never going to be a balance and people are never happy and they're always frustrated. And so I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. Uh, how would you like to see land use managed differently in the areas that you live in? That's all I got for you guys today. Have a great day.